we've just about covered almost every genre of music. I mean, we've covered indie, we've covered folk, we've covered country, we've covered musical theater. But how in the heck have we not covered alternative yet? The heck's it's literally one of my favorite genres of music. Well, we're doing it today. From knocking out of Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna, you're listening to The Musical Mint. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree, coming to you from Olivet College. This is your guide to all things music, all from the state of Michigan. We've got this whole list of artists that we want to do like so bad. Like we started this list back when we had the radio show. It's made doing this podcast so much easier because we already like kind of know who we wanted to cover and it's great for letting us know who we've already checked off that list. But this this band has been on that list since the very beginning. <laughs> I may or may not have been guilty of putting it there and then not covering them somehow. We even did like that episode, I think it was the eighth episode of our radio show, where we did our top picks. And I went with two bands who were not this, but up the same alley. <laughs> you would even like mention like, maybe I should do that one. But I don't know, a part of me wanted to dedicate more time to them, even though I had no idea we were going to continue doing this later. She subconsciously knew that we were <laughs> going to end up doing a podcast and then would have more time. She predicted it before we knew that we were going to do this. I knew before I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Which is impressive. But we came as Romans, an alternative band is from Troy, Michigan. And I actually don't know where that is except for maybe around Detroit. It is around Detroit. It's one of those suburbs that kind of get blended in with Detroit and you're not 100% sure if it's Detroit or one of the suburbs it's like Hamtramck and all of those. Not to be confused with the whole music scene of Detroit. We Came As Romans actually started as a band called This Emergency in about 2005. Classmates Sean Zelda, Dave Stevens, Johnny Neighbors, Mark Myatt, and Joshua Moore all formed this band in their angsty teenage prime. So it actually became We Came As Romans after Sean Zelda left because he went to U of M. So Larry Clark came in after and was sort of the reason that the name changed to We Came As Romans. But I'm, why Romans? I mean, like, I can't, like, they're from Troy, so, like, We Came As Romans, like, that kind of, like, the area, like, the plan words, but I don't know if that's actually the reason, that's just kind of where my brain went. Being very philosophical about, like, the Battle of Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that, actually, they just named it because it sounded cool, and there is literally no deeper meaning behind it, it's just that they, they were high schoolers who wanted to sound cool and didn't think their band would actually go this far. Now I feel like a nerd. <laughs> I mean, I had the same, <laughs> same exact instincts, but uh, yeah, no, it turns out we were, we were off by a bit. Their, their band name doesn't really have much of a meaning behind it besides being in high school and wanting to name your band something that seems cool, but I think their logo carries some weight to it. It does, actually. I, I looked into this because it, like, it looks really cool. It's, like, kind of like a sort of a circle with a line through it. And I wanted to figure out, like, what it was. So the logo actually first appeared in, like, the video for their song Hope, which is what the logo is supposed to symbolize. Bill Scoville is the designer for this logo, and he did a little thing with Alternative Press to kind of explain his process behind it why he presented it to the band the way that he did but like the whole point behind their music is to like inspire people and to stand out and stand up so not only is it hope but it's also a sign of protest that's 
fantastic. I love that so much meaning and thought went into making something that I think a lot of people would overlook. And especially right now, currently, like hope and protest and music all feel like they're going together, you know? Yeah, he actually had to sit on the design for a few days before he gave it to the band just to be sure that it would land right. Aww. And they're, this was back in 2013, and they're still using the logo, and it's 2022. Dang, it's been almost so 10 almost years. Almost 10 years later, yeah. But no, yeah, so this band started in 2005 and did this logo in 2013, and it's been almost 10 years since then, <laughs> and they're still performing. In fact, Dave Stevens and Josh Moore, the lead vocalist and guitarist, are still in the band. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Dave Stevens, he has, like, this 15 questions interview thing, and it talks about where he got his influences from, and it turns out his dad played guitar, so that makes sense. And his mom, his mom's a drummer, so yeah, his dad and his mom were both really into music ever since he was really young, and they bought a keyboard for him, so he got to experiment with each of these instruments, the guitar, the keyboard, and his mom's drums. And so he was just hooked, and apparently his dad collects a lot of records, so he would listen to Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, and they essentially like created this sound system in their basement so that they could just turn it up as loud as they wanted to and listen to music all day together as a family, which is fantastic. And then... As he got older and became a part of a band, him and his friends took inspiration from bands like Blink-182, Relight like K, Green Day, and a lot of those like pop-punk vibey musicians because before you really establish like your own individual sound, even as a band, especially at like between 15 and 17 years old, before creating their own style, like, I don't know, those, those early bands are very important. I also like that they were teenagers when they started this band. like. I just, I can't even imagine starting a band that young and then ending up becoming as successful as they are now. Like, that's crazy. Well, neither did they, hence the, <laughs> hence their reaction to being forced to explain where their name came from. But, yeah, no, I couldn't either. If I'm being honest, I'm not at all surprised that it was 15 to 17 band that they started that just so happened to be very alternative and emo phase. I'm pretty sure that's pretty cliche for 15 to 17 year olds to go through their emo phase because I may or may not have also done that. I mean, I for sure listened to My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy back when I was that age, so... <laughs> Did you know that um, because they were really young, the very first time the band recorded, they actually did it in their friend's parents' basement? Oh, it's so stereotypical. <laughs> Considering how young they are, it was kind of impressive, but um, looking back, I think that Dave Stevens agreed it was pretty cringy. <laughs> but, like, that's how you start, is you start in somebody's basement, you start in somebody's garage, and then you gotta build your way up. I mean, yeah, look... We're not 15 or 17, but even our first episode of The Musical Not On Air had its fair share of things that were cringy. I mean, like we started, I mean, we're still in a basement. So maybe that's a sign as to where we're gonna end up. Yeah, it's only up from here, literally. So normally, right about now, we would do what we call a This Week in Music segment, where we kind of tell you what's going on in the music world that week, 
It's one of our favorites, actually, because it gives us this opportunity to talk about various artists that we are excited about and don't get to talk about because we are pretty exclusive to Michigan. And Michigan does have a lot of fantastic artists, but it's nice to be able to branch out and talk about other things that are going on today and artists that we are excited about and have been wanting to talk about and draw random connections to. Here's the thing, though. This whole episode has been recorded about two weeks out from when we actually are releasing it because we went on spring break and we did not have the chance to record together yeah. which meant that we couldn't really do a this week in music since we weren't there this week so a few weeks ago we put out a poll on our instagram story seeing if you wanted to hear our bloopers because while we may have done this as a radio show where we really couldn't mess up doing this as a podcast has told us that neither of us can actually speak so without further ado the blooper reel <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like our music and our program. Where are we going? <laughs> it's not going. No. All right. So this episode has been in works for probably over a month now. Did you say in works? Yeah, I meant to say in the works. I have sound hotels argued. I keep doing it. I keep doing it. Breathe. Hold on. But I won't know until I've actually... But I won't know until I've actually... But we won't know until we've actually seen it for ourselves. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. Like, it's from, like, the Troy era. Do, do you actually want to know? Not because I just screwed up my words. <laughs> And you know, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were starting with this one. I thought I was doing the thing at the end. <laughs> this is so dumb. Actually, wait, hold on. Give me a check to sec. <laughs> I hate the way I'm wording this. <laughs> I hate the word, way I word a lot of things. As of, what's today? Thursday. As of Thursday morning. I said back in the day, like it was literally day. three years ago. Don't worry about it. That sentence makes sense. I'm really tired. The Musical Mitten started as a radio show on WOCR 89.1 The One, Olivet College Radio. I'm your host, Maggie. And I'm Bree. And we were so excited to go on a musical road trip all through the Great Lakes State. You can let us know who you want to hear through the survey link at the bottom of our website, themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash themusicalmi. And if you want to hear music from artists we feature, we do create Spotify playlists under the same name as the show. Thanks for listening. So we were just talking about how We Came As Romans basically built themselves up from somebody's basement all the way up to the very, very top. And at the top they are, they are still performing. They are still touring, although their last tour got canceled because of the pandemic, but they will be performing at the Louder Than Life Music Festival in September of 2022. Ooh, I might have to check that out. <laughs> we both know how big of a fan I am. Music festivals are always like super big. There's always gonna be a ton of musicians there. And this one is absolutely no exception whatsoever. <laughs> this is gonna be a crazy lineup. So this is in Louisville, Kentucky from September 22nd to 25th of this year. 
And the headliners are going to be Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, Slipknot, and Kiss. So it is going to be quite the event. Oh, yeah. I really want to go to this. And we've covered the Red Hot Chili Peppers before. We did, yeah. Back in the radio show days. That was a fun one, actually. I remember that. But there are still so, so, so many more artists. And including, of course, We Came as Romans. They are going to be performing on Saturday, which also has sets from Kiss, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, who's from Michigan, so that's really cool. Two Michigan artists on the same day. If you plan on going or may want to make plans on going, keep that in mind because that is going to be a very fun day for Michigan music. We might have to start a fund for our next much larger version of Musical Mitten Road Trip. Never been to Kentucky before. That sounds like a fantastic excuse to take another road trip. Oh, totally. But it's really good to see them, like, still performing and still even, like, producing music, so. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen We Came As Romans live since one of their Warped Tours. I can't remember what year it was specifically, but (laughs) I feel really bad because that particular Warped Tour was kind of rough. It was, like, 90 degree weather, it was outdoors, and all of the bands were, like, really smushed towards each other, like, I don't know, if you've ever seen multiple stages set up, there tends to be like a bigger gap, so you can't hear the band directly playing next to you, and in this case, it was just not it. But despite all of that, they still put on a heck of a show, and I, I'm very thankful that I got to see it when I did. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I hope that they start touring again soon, even if they've just got that music festival for now, because they've actually had some singles come out recently, with like their Daggers album coming out, and... Dark Bloom. It just released... It's a single, I think, for the album. And Black Hole. Black hole, yes. So it's going to be super exciting to see if and when they start touring again, what they're going to do with that. But that doesn't mean that we can't just glance over their old music. Oh, I sense another Maggie rabbit hole. We referenced this probably a bit in the Brian Darcy James episode. But Maggie does this thing literally every single time we do the planning for each of our episodes. I will latch on to a piece of information and I will follow it as far far as it can take me. And I was looking into the album We Plant a Seed because it's it's a great album, a lot of great meaning, but the cover art is fascinating. Yes. And it's it was well it was part of me looking into this and part of me looking into the logo. So I was I was like looking into the art of it and seeing why it was designed the way that it was, who it was designed by all these different things. And so the band as it is now has now added a few more people and has changed a bit since the original lineup. But after Andy Glass joined the lineup, he got to collaborate with Paul Romano. What? On the design. And Paul Romano did some artwork for the Chiyotos, which which may or may not have been one of my picks for our favorites episode, but yeah, no, I'm a big fan. I've seen a lot of his artwork in the Chiyotos cover art. And that is how Annie Glass found out about him. Because they got to collaborate on the cover art for We Plant to See It and even like just some of like the initial sketch work for the album is really cool because it's this faceless thing. What? So I'm looking into it. You can see some of the sketches. There's an article on its heaviest of art is the one that has it. Is this the work for the Chiodos or the work he did for We Came as Romans? The work that he did for We Came as Romans. Oh my gosh! So it's this faceless thing with these trees coming out from its hands, and it almost looks like it's connected in with the nervous system. Yeah, like it spreads from his brain, like his head, all the way through his chest and arms, and then from the palms of the outstretched hands are two, one in each, large trees growing from them. 
This is not the only artwork that he's done for We Came as Romans, but apparently it was really interesting to work with Andy Glass, who had been a fan of the Chiodos and actually getting to work through the art that he did with the Chiodos and the process that he had with that versus working with these they were really kids at the time but they were a bit younger and having like that that process that a younger person would have that creative energy but excuse me for just a second while I geek out about the fact that one of my favorite bands is also a fan of another one of my favorite bands like I know it's dumb but I'm really happy about this I love this. it when Finnish people <laughs> geek out about other famous people like thank you <laughs> it just makes me feel like my geeking is even more validated by this. Exactly. <laughs> please, please tell me more about this art. So it's just, it all started as this thing and as this collaboration and all of these Michigan musicians and all this, all kind of just tying together and culminating in this beautiful, beautiful thing. And he did the cover art for Cold Like War, too. Oh, yeah. That was a fantastic album, too. And you can definitely see the creative process and the, these album covers are, they're so different. That maybe you wouldn't have guessed that they were done by the same artist, but because of this creative process that they went through together and getting to work through their ideas, they really did get to nail this thing down, and it's just uh, amazing. And this is why your rabbit hole way of researching is probably one of my favorite things in the whole world, because I'm a huge fan of a lot of things, especially this band, but I am still learning so many new things just because you're like, here's a random connection. Just let me hand it to you on a silver platter. I'm so thankful because seriously, I you find the most interesting stuff. Like I never would have known that two of my favorite bands had this little link to each other, and it's fantastic. So I'm still scanning over this. I'm just like it's looking fine. at this I'm art still, because it's beautiful. I'm still geeking out about it. It's good. <laughs> but like the Cold Like War album kind of came about when they were more adults yeah. than they were like versus when they were younger and in high school and when the more whimsical art might have happened and there's that definite transition and the calligraphy and all of this different stuff so it's really interesting that their art has changed even though their artist hasn't <laughs> it's just the way that they've aged and how their music has aged it's just <laughs> i love when bands are able to do that like they very much grow with and adapt as they age but they don't lose a sense of what made them who they are like they still stay true to themselves but they grow up as kind of needed to fit even their new selves and their audience as they age. Yeah, and really they are growing up. The lineup has changed since the very beginning. Of course, Stevens and Moore are still there, and Andy Glass has joined, Lou Cotton has joined, David Puckett has joined, and even then, it doesn't look like they're going beyond five members as of now since Kyle Pavone passed away. Loudwire actually covered a little bit of the band's initial reactions after this loss and basically their mentality is that they don't ever plan on getting over this but they're gonna move forward like you know don't get over move forward they still want this version of the band to be the best version of the band because they're always striving to be their best selves as a result of this they ended up putting out two singles and I am frustrated with myself because I've had these two songs in my liked Spotify playlist and I've listened to them over and over again and alone they carry so much meaning but after realizing that they were kind of in honor of their lost band member it just makes it kind of click and carry even more meaning and those two new songs were Carry the Weight and From the First Note. So not only did those songs come out of that, it's not the only thing that has musically come out of his passing. They, there was actually a memorial concert done for him where other musicians got to come in and they played this set all in honor of him. So in that set, 
was I Prevail, August Burns Red, Memphis Mayfire, and Hollywood Undead, along with so many others. It's, it was such a beautiful set list as Krang actually did a whole thing on it and how it was performed at the Fillmore in Detroit, which was Kyle Pavone's favorite place to play. It breaks my heart because I know that some of those artists were like inspirations and some of the other artists were artists that had looked up to them and were inspired by Waking as Romans and that is just so heartwarming on my tear up, I'm not even exaggerating. But it is really heartwarming that bands that Weekend as Romans were inspired by were alongside some of the bands to honor him and then bands that were inspired by Weekend as Romans got to also perform. Like, I prevail, I know they've mentioned it in the past. Yeah, and it's, the circumstances of his passing were of course very unfortunate and while it's lovely that all of these things came to honor him, he was only 28 when he passed away, all because of an accidental overdose. And I know we normally don't get that intense, but there was a foundation set up in his name. By his parents, right? Yeah. And there's just this beautiful quote from, from them that's on the foundation's website that says, the opposite of addiction is connection. And I just could not end this episode without mentioning that because I think that even though, like, of course, this is so unfortunate, but it brought so many people together in his honor. And then they're using that to help many other people. the musical mitten where we bring you all things music from michigan check out our instagram and twitter at the musical mi for any announcements events and more all of our past episodes radio show and podcast are on our website at the musical mitten.wixsite.com slash the musical mi again that's t-h-e-m-u-s-i-c-a-l-m-i-t-t-e-n dot w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot c-o-m slash t-h-e-m-u-s-i-c-a-l-m-i keep listening in for weekly episodes catch you later